This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Today's show is brought to you by Yo Radio. The first music and radio platform with stations curated and managed by artists and influencers from across the globe. From Drake Bell to Megadeth's David Ellefson to UFC star Uriah Hall, just to name a few. Welcome to Yo Radio. Yo Radio delivers the best listener experience and is completely free. From hip-hop to rock to blues to EDM, Yo Radio has the music you want at your fingertips. Download the app now in the App Store for Apple devices and in the Google Play Store for Android. Or just go to YoRadio.com. That's YoRadio.com. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by our good friends at The Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check out The Rope Trainer today. Congratulations to my friends Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and John Smoltz. As, uh, as we've talked a little bit about on the show, they are now at Lake Point, which is the premier uh, showcase uh, collegiate-type uh, events uh, uh facility in the country if you if you haven't checked out lake point it, it's amazing but for prospects perfect game has done an amazing job as far as uh, allowing these kids to showcase their talents down there and i got to tell you it's just an amazing place and um you know earl perrin did an unbelievable job working with the people at lake point and, and perfect game to get his product in there and um, again, it's it's a uh, it's an amazing thing what he's doing, and and again, I, I just hats off to him, um, and congratulations as um, as I understand, John Smoltz did a presentation down there, uh, and it was amazing, very well received, and again, I, I say it all the time. I haven't, I don't know that I've said it in a while, so I just want to remind everybody, you know, if if you do any homework on who John Smoltz really is and what he's all about. Uh, this guy took a, a minute of his Hall of Fame speech to address the arm problem that we have in this country when it comes to the overuse for kids. And if he's going to bring it up, especially in that scenario, I think we all need to really think about it. So uh, partnering with these guys at the rope, uh, the rope Trainer, it just means it's a lot of credibility if you ask me. So, again, check it out, theropetrainer.com. And, again, special thanks to Earl Perrin for believing in my show and wanting to be a part of it um, after we met. So, Thank you, guys. Appreciate it very much. Um, going to talk today, going to follow up on a podcast that I did a little while back. Um, and, you know, I, I, it wasn't that long ago I did the podcast, but I guess I'm going to follow up on it only because it seems like, and, and you know, and, and I guess maybe for lack of a better description, I understand where we're at in this season. For most people in the Midwest especially, you know, you're at least halfway through your season, so you've had an opportunity to see some things. Um, a podcast that I did a little while back, I did it on accountability. Um, it's an interesting word and an interesting term because it's something that you you use in life. It, it's not just a baseball term, so to speak, right? But um, we talk about the life lessons of baseball and learning how to uh, use baseball as a tool 
to become a better young man, a better young lady. Um, and really, it applies to all sports. This isn't just a baseball thing. But when you start talking about terminology and what you throw around, accountability is something you're going to hear the rest of your life if you're a young person and if you're a if you're a coach or if you're a, a parent listening to this, you're going to realize you know, you're going to say, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm accountable every day." Now, the problem sometimes is that some parents are not accountable. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's face it: we live in a world where certain people are find themselves in situations where they're not accountable to anybody, and Hopefully, those people understand accountability and how important it is. But the fact of the matter remains that there's a lot of people out there who don't even think about it and really don't care. And it's the way of the world. It's like that with everything. It's not just the word accountability. But, you know, we see it on a, day, on a daily basis in the world, much less the baseball diamond. Um, I've received numerous emails, and, and I've responded, as, hopefully, to everyone. I, I always say, please, um, you know, don't don't shoot the messenger. If if I don't respond, I get a lot of lot of correspondence back and forth. And I'll and as I reply, and, and the email that made me really decide to do this today, as I told her, sometimes it's harder for me to reply because um, I, I want to tell people this. I'm not an expert on anything. Let's let's be quite honest about that. I know I, I you know I've, I've talked to many people. They're like, well, you know, you, you're knee deep in this and. You know, you're as, you're, as, you're as much an expert on it as anybody else. And it's like, well, what I mean is, like, I don't have a degree in psychology or anything like that, or, or I can't guarantee you anything. What I can tell you, like I told this, this emailer, what I am is a coach and a parent that has failed miserably at times. Um, I'm also a coach and a parent that, uh, and I'll say this to you, I think, thankfully, uh, opened my mind because I can be as close-minded as anybody and argumentative and holier than thou. I mean, let's face it, they're all bad traits, but I think we all go through them at times. But open my mind to say, man, you know, I, I there's a better way, um, especially on topics such as this one. So I can only give you my thoughts based on experiences and things that I've seen. And let's face it, sometimes it's easier to recognize things that are wrong and the proper way to do them when they don't really affect you. You know, and that's the hard part here because you're given advice on something and you're thinking, well, it's real easy for me to do this from the outside. But what if it really, you know, affected who I was and what I was doing right now? So that's always something you have to take into consideration. That being said, you know, again, we're talking about the word accountability and how it applies to baseball, of course, because this is a baseball show. But the true the, the truest matter here is, is that. While I'm not a dream killer, I say it all the time, the majority of these kids are going to be lucky to play high school baseball, and then they're going to be extremely lucky to have the opportunity to play in college. And there's a very select few that will have the opportunity to continue playing after college. Um, so the reality of it is what are we trying to build? Are we trying to build a better baseball player? Are we trying to build a better person? Um, there's an, uh, And, again, people can say, well, listen, I'll parent my kid. Let's just worry. let baseball worry about baseball. I get it. But if you don't think that what young people do – makes them who they are, then you're putting your head in the sand. You can't allow a kid to go out, Let's and I hate to use the word, can't let somebody go out and be an asshole while they're playing sports and then think you're going to teach them to not be an asshole at home. That's going to be a tough job. I, I, again, I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's a tough job. <laughs> Good luck. Because trying to explain to a 10- or 11-year-old that it's okay to be an asshole some of the time and, and okay to be an asshole the other half of the time, good luck with that one. I mean, you know it's like you know i i can't even th I, I have so many scenarios going through my head you know 
telling a kid he can eat with his hands at home but not in a restaurant. Well, when you get in a restaurant and at 10 years old, what do you think he's going to immediately do? He's going to start eating with his hands instead of utensils. Why? Because you let him do it at home. And he's going to forget because he's 10 where he's at. Okay? It's simple things like that. Accountability is something that should be a standard, not something special. I mean, we applaud accountability. It should be standard. Right? And the whole purpose of this is I received an, an email that I read that really made me th- think about how deep accountability goes and how it happens and, and how the the bad side of it happens. And I want to Shelly Carrasco, thank you for your email because uh, your email, uh, a, a certain section in it, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there was a certain section in it that, that I probably didn't think about that while on one point almost sounds like an excuse but it's reality. And that's the thing. If you don't deal with reality, just because something doesn't sound right to you, how are you going to fix it? So uh, your your email has inspired me to do a follow-up on accountability today, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to talk about it here in just a second. But before we do, I want to remind you to check out youthbaseballtalk.com. It's our uh, website where we uh, do numerous things there. Obviously, the number one thing to do there that and it makes it easy for you, it's absolutely free, is to subscribe to the podcast so that you get a notification when I put the new one out. Uh, I had some emails from some people. Uh, just so you know, typically I do the show once a week. Um, I do have an occasional vacation or on a holiday week when I lose my studio time, I can't do one. So for those that have said, hey, I love the show, I wish it was more than every couple weeks, just had a weird schedule there. Um, And I'll try to address that so that you know when the next show is. But I would say 90% of the time, it's once a week. I mean, there's like I said, there's an occasional holiday week. There's an occasional, I'm out of town. I mean, my son's a high school baseball player that travels in the summer and plays baseball, so I'm following him around. And then there's just regular vacation stuff. But for the most part, 90% of the time, I do it. If you subscribe to the show, you'll get a notification. makes it very simple, and you'll know that it's out. So it's absolutely free. Click to subscribe to the podcast. It'll walk you through it based on your mobile device, and it takes about a minute. The other things you can do at the the the, uh, the website, which, again, I applaud everyone and thank them, is that you know with our content, it's not dated. So you can go back and listen to the very first episode we ever do, which people do, which was over three years ago, and it's amazing. But um, you can go back and listen to it. You can search through. Interestingly enough, uh, this email today, and this is very humbling, Shelly said that she found the podcast because my guess is, is that she was dealing with accountability and her coach actually sent her the link to the accountability podcast. So people are going back and finding episodes that are titled or the description and they see it and they're like, you know, that, that applies to something I'm dealing with. I want to listen to this. So we have people kind of doing the Netflix thing where they're finding us cause they're new to it and they go back and they listen to all the episodes and over time. And we appreciate that. Uh, the content's always good. Um, you know, much like anything, there's certain influencers that we have on that people really want to hear from certain topics again, that might apply to you again, listen at your leisure, listen as much as you want. We appreciate it and, and always will. So thank you. But that's something you can do through the website as well as you just scroll down and you just keep going backwards in time, get to the bottom page over. It goes all the way back to the very first one we ever did. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, if you really want to show your appreciation to the show and just help us a little bit, we'd appreciate it. Number one, uh, you know, uh, if you can use our sponsors when you, when you find the, the ability or find the need to like, you know, again, I encourage you check out the rope trainer.com. It's a tremendous tool and training aid for your son or daughter. Um, it's very, it's a healthy thing, man. Check it out. The rope trainer. Um, again, on our website, 
everybody shops through Amazon. If you would shop through Amazon through our website, we get a very small referral. It helps us with production costs. Some of you guys are doing it. You're buying everything you buy through Amazon by first going to Youth Baseball Talk, clicking on Amazon. You're done with us. You go right to your Amazon. We just basically get a small referral at no extra cost to you. So if you're not doing it and wouldn't mind, we'd appreciate it greatly. Find us on social media. It's our best way to stay in contact with all of our, our listeners and followers. It's it's how we stay in tune with what's going on in the youth baseball world or prep baseball, whatever, however you want to describe it when it comes to kids playing the game. Find us uh, on Twitter. We are at Podcast Baseball. If you're involved in the game whatsoever, we're going to follow you back because, again, we want to know what you're thinking. So on Twitter, it's at Podcast Baseball. Our big ask is find us on uh, Facebook. Type in Youth Baseball Talk. You'll find our page. Like our page. Click invite your friends. Invite any of your friends involved in this wonderful game. We'd love them to be a part of the conversation. Find us on Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk. You can also find us associated with the great media group, lineupmedia.fm, now home to the newest internet radio sensation, Yo Radio. Uh, we're going to have a baseball channel on there, folks, and you're going to be able to hear all the great baseball shows. There won't be enough baseball to go around for you, trust me. Okay? I mean, it's going to be tremendous. I'm excited about it. Again, that's Yo Radio. Go to the App Store, download it. It's absolutely free. It's streamed radio, just like you know, you're know. you seeing some other ones out there. This one's going to be a little more unique. There's going to be some great things happening with it. Check it out. Download it. It's absolutely free. Leave them a review. Um, they would appreciate it. As they're trying to build the best internet radio station in the world. So that's my friends at lineupmedia.fm. My producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thank you for all you guys do behind the scenes and putting the show together. It means a lot to me. Um, you know, each week I, I highlight a different uh, adver- a different sponsor that, that believes in my show, and I let them go first so that they can they can speak a little bit about what they've got going on. This week I'm going to go with my friends Justin Stone and Travis Kerber up out of Chicago with Elite Baseball. Um, I hear more and more stuff from everybody on, on how much Justin Stone and Travis have helped them with their training, helped them with their coaching, helped them with their own son or daughter, helped them with their team help them with themselves because they do a tremendous job. So this week, let's go with our friends from EliteBaseball.tv. Again, check it out. It's the It'll be the best $100 you've ever spent in your life. EliteBaseball.tv, training tip of the week. Take it away, fellas. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv. A subject I've talked about a number of times before is separating your cage work with game time. And even going further than that, when you're doing T-drills, toss drills, live BP then game, that's the normal progression. You know, the T is a thinking drill. This is when we're putting brain to body, trying to change a movement pattern, thinking about how to process that pattern. But when we get into moving ball drills, especially ones with greater time and distance variables, when we're throwing harder from a greater distance, this is more of the test. So why then, when we get into a game scenario, as soon as our son or one of our players as a youth coach fails in her first at bat, do we immediately revert back to a ton of mechanical cues? You know, mechanical cues, once they get into the mind of a young player, all it does is really clog the system. Too many socks in the top drawer. And what happens at this point is we're paralyzing the body and the brain is thinking about all these different processes that make up a very explosive athletic movement and it actually slows us down. So what is the game? The game is a test. The game is reaction. Are we going to fail in the game? Absolutely. And there's things within that game that we can learn from that we can go back into a teaching learning environment and definitely work on those mechanical cues. Definitely work on the processes of the brain to the body. But when I see a dad that gets right behind the dugout and starts saying, 
keep the back elbow in this position and get that front foot down in the right place and start doing all these different mechanical things. The kid's like nodding his head. He's trying to get a Gatorade. He's eating a hot dog and he's thinking, I have no idea what my dad's really talking about right now, but he's telling me to think of all these things that have nothing to do with the focus that that player should have. Reacting to the pitch, seeing a good pitch, and putting his swing on it. And I said, don't even say his best swing or a good swing, his swing. Whatever his swing is for that time in his life, for that period of where his body is in the, the athletic process, that's who he is in that moment. To think that you're gonna change that by giving him a couple cues between the bat, probably not gonna happen, probably just gonna make it worse. And you see the same thing that happens with third base coaches, first base coaches in these same youth games. They'll tell him four or five mechanical cues between a pitch. You know, give a sign and all of a sudden the guy's telling him, you know, get your hands high and swing down on the ball and make sure you keep your eye on it. And the kid's like nodding his head at him. He's like, I have, again, I, I just completely clogged the system of this young man's mind. He has no idea what he should be doing right now, right? So these kids can sometimes can barely even tie their shoes yet. My daughter doesn't know left from right. You think she's going to understand a mechanical cue that I'm telling her while I'm on the field? Heck no. So the point of this, let kids be kids. Let them fail. Let them be athletes. Let them have success. Let them embrace that success. But in the game time, man, that is their time. That's not our time. That's their time. And then when we get done with the game, we reflect on it. That's the conversation I want to have with the youth athlete. Have the conversation of reflection. What did you learn from today? And we're not going to do that right after the game when emotions are high, but pick the right time tactfully. What did we learn from today? What did we do well? You know, we always point out the failures, point out when they did well. What did you feel today when you did well? You know, most of the time, and you've heard me say this too, when they're going well, they're not thinking anything. They're just reacting. Like, oh man, I wasn't thinking anything. I just saw the ball and I hit it well. So why then when we fail, are we thinking 19 different things? So that's my point for today. Let the kids be kids. You be the coach, you be the dad, sit back, Get in your armchair in the, in the third base coaching box and wave kids around and that's your job. Until next time, this is Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always. And again, um, I'm humbled and honored to be associated with those guys and uh, looking forward to getting my son up there towards the end of summer and let him mess around with Travis and Justin again. Baseball-wise, the guys, they're, they're, I say this, they're tied for first. I, I hate to say anybody's the best, but man, I'm just blessed to be associated with so many great people within the game of baseball. But uh, check them out, EliteBaseball.tv. Um, okay, uh, going to talk a little bit more about uh, Shelly's email. The the thing that she mentions in her email about accountability was, you know, she's done a great job. She's you know been dealt a tough situation um, in her own uh, personal life, and and my thoughts and prayers are with her and her husband so that he gets himself uh, in good health and and. Uh, you know, can can someday uh, get back to, to to coaching baseball with his kids and stuff like that. The reality of it is this mom has taken this really seriously and is trying to do the best she can for her kids. What she noticed on the baseball diamond was that, you know, at home she, they've always done a good job of teaching accountability. I mean, they're a baseball family. They understand the role that it plays. But the reality of it is they find themselves on a team where the coaches don't really instill any accountability and while they're trying to do a good job at home, for the first time they noticed the other kids on the team and the way they were acting has kind of rubbed off on their son. Now, let me say this first and foremost, um, and I mean this respectively. Most people would say, well, parent your kid and what other kids do shouldn't have an effect on them. 
guess what? That's a bunch of crap. Okay? If you run with dogs, you become a dog. That's life. And if you don't want to hear that, I'm sorry, but it is reality. When you're young, you are very easily influenced. Now, fortunately, we're talking about something like this, and we're not talking about even more serious issues, which I'll leave for parenting. Right now, we're talking about accountability, and I promise you a 10-year-old kid or a 9-year-old kid that stands out on a baseball diamond and all he hears at home is how you need to act right, you need to be a good teammate, you need to do all this kind of stuff. Eventually, if he stands around and watches eight other kids not do that stuff, his own emotions, I mean, let's face it, we're human. His own emotions are going to take over sometime, and he's going to act like everybody else. Now, who's this on? Is it on the kid? Is it on the coaches? Is it on the parent? Well, sounds to me like the parents have tried to do a good job. The kid has tried to do a good job. Where are the coaches in this mess? Now, I've said it 100 times over. I applaud anybody willing to take their personal time, organize a team, organize practices, schedule games, go out and find tournaments, go here, do this, do that. Yes, absolutely. Hats off. I just took my hat off. Thank you. But I always say it is a responsibility that you're taking as well. Yes, you are giving of your time. Yes, you are sharing of yourself personally with other people. But I'm going to say it again. If you're not willing to go the whole nine yards with the thing, don't do it. Don't do it. You can do more harm than good. I'm sorry. Yes, you can. If you're a coach that has volunteered your time, but you're going to allow kids to run around, no accountability, no teaching, no life lessons, nothing, are you really doing a service here? You know, she asked for advice. I'm like, look, I'm again, like I said earlier, I'm not an expert, but here's the thing. When it comes to accountability, here's what I know, and everybody has to know. Okay. If you as a parent or as a coach sit down with a group of kids, and again, the, my, my, the phrase I hate the most is they're just kids. Okay. I, we know that. Why do we always dismiss tough stuff when it comes to kids? They are far smarter than we give them credit for. They are far more resilient than we give them credit for. It's like trying to teach a kid how to hit the right way at nine years old or field a ball. Well, you know, I, no, 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 no. I'm not saying they're going to be perfect at 9 or 10. I'm not even saying they can do it at 9 or 10. But why would you not teach them the right way? That's the only way you learn anything. So if you have the opportunity to help somebody, help them the right way. What do I always say about the dream, right? Right? What do I always say? Oh, they're not going to make it to the pros. So I always say what? Okay, so let's just do everything half-assed then. Well, that's what this is. Oh, because they're kids, we're just going to do it half-ass. No. No, no, no. What kind of message is that? So let's apply it to accountability. Let's say you, and again, I think most coaches, and again, I say most, go into it with the right perspective. Okay, we're going to be accountable. This is how we're going to act. I expect hustle, hustle in and off the field, run out fly balls, um, you know, don't show bad body language, you know, don't blame things on teammates, be a good teammate. Um, you know, we could go on and on, right? Now, what do we know about reality? Well, reality is this. Most of the time, the better players get a longer leash with accountability, right? Which then leads to what? It leads to other kids seeing, well, I mean, he didn't get in trouble for not being a good teammate, and I'm going to do this, right? If you lay out a situation for a kid, or an adult for that matter, if you're in management, I mean, I've been there, 
Okay, you can't lay out situations for people, have consequences for actions, and then not follow through. If I sit down and tell you, if you work for me and I sit down and tell you, look, this is what is expected of you every month. And then for the next 12 months, I allow you to not do half that stuff and never say a word. And then I come to you 13 months later and say, hey, you didn't do this last month. You're in big trouble. Aren't you going to look at me and go, I haven't done it for 12 months and you haven't said a word. Now, we've got a chicken and egg thing going on here because everybody's wrong in this scenario. Just because the coach didn't hold you accountable doesn't make it okay. But also as the coach, is it okay for you to hold him to a different standard from month to month? And the worst thing about accountability when it comes to sports is this. And this is the scenario I laid out for Shelly because I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it out of people that I can't believe I've seen it out of. Okay, here's the, here's the scenario. Okay, on this team, we don't, we don't berate other players. We don't, you know, we don't pout. We don't throw gloves. We don't throw helmets. We don't do this. So you have a kid that's going through a rough patch and you sit him down and say, you know what? You're going to sit and watch for three games and think about your actions and we're going to talk after three games. We're going to see what kind of teammate you are for three games sitting on the bench and then we'll talk about it later. Okay, that's a tough conversation to have with a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old, right? I get it. It's a tough conversation. Kid just wants to play, but he's also got to understand that there are consequences for your actions. So he sits a game, and then all of a sudden you're in a tournament, and you're like, boy, we really need him. He's one of our best players. You know what? Let's have a talk with him, and let's see if he really understands at 10. Well, of course, after that conversation, because you really want him to play, you're going to walk away feeling how? Look, ma'am, we talked to your son. He really gets it. You know, he is so above his mentality for his age. He gets it. You know, we think he's learned his lesson. What message does that send? You know what it sends? It sends, as long as I'm a good player, I can get away with whatever I want to get away with because they need me. And what do you think that turns into when they're 14, 15, 16, 18? Again, this is not a kid problem. This is an adult problem. The adult should be able to handle this. It's not that hard. It really isn't. If you're willing to do the right thing, this is not a... See, the thing about it is this is a really broad topic. The solution's actually very simple. Lay out, a situa- lay out the situation, have consequences, and follow through on the consequences. It's that simple. Now, is the end result always going to be simple? No, it's not. Are you going to have some kids that don't get it? Yep. That's the world we live in. You're going to have adults that don't get it at work. You're going to have people in school that don't get it. It's life. But you as a coach or a parent have to lay out the scenario to teach. That's what we are. A coach is a teacher. An adult, when it comes to teaching a kid something, is in essence a teacher. You cannot. And I repeat, you cannot. No, well, you can because, believe me, it's your, your son or daughter. Okay, you, you, you're going to wind up doing what you want to do. But you cannot allow them a lot of latitude, a lot of gray area because they're good. Or because you think it's somebody else's fault. This isn't just about good players. It happens all the time. Not my son, not my daughter. Well, why not your son? Why not your daughter? 
oh, well, I don't think you know the whole situation. Well, you're right. I don't, but you do. So ask yourself. I say this all the time when people tell me stuff. Like, you know, I know my kid. If you came to me and told me he did this or that, yeah, it would suck, but I I could probably believe it, and I'm going to have to deal with it. Or I could say, oh, no, there had to be a reason why. He would never do that because he's perfect. Come on. So worse. It blows my mind. I see it every day just in passing conversations. And, again, I listen, I learn as much from the emails that I completely disagree with that you guys send me than the one. I I learn just as much from those. And, again, I say that you cannot believe the number of emails I get from people saying, hey, I really enjoyed your show. But in my situation, this is what's going on. That that very first less that very first line in the email tells me that these are people that are all that are trying to find a reason to not address the real problem. First place, look in the mirror. Number one, always look in the mirror. If you look in the mirror first, I always say this: What's the common denominator usually when you have problems? It's in the mirror. I mean, I. You have to be realistic. This is a tough thing. You know, uh, we make so much of sports about winning. And again, what do I say all the time? There's nothing wrong with winning. Winning, listen, it teaches you a lot of things. Who doesn't want a winner, right? Okay. What's more important, winning a 10-year-old baseball game or winning later? Struggling now to win later in life. That's the life lesson. I want to win at life, whatever my scenario is. I might be this. I might be that. I want to be good at what I do. I want to be good at who I am. That's important, right? And some of these things are, you know, I mean, we're talking about everything from throwing a batting helmet to berating a teammate to, you know, not listening to coaches, not following instructions, um, you know, uh, showing up when I feel like it not giving 100% on the ball field. I mean, all things that what? I mean, just say them out loud to yourself. They're all life lessons. You can apply everything we're talking about to life. I can't walk around my office here at line. I mean, I can't walk around and throw shit. Do you think my boss is going to stand for that? We have a business. He wants to win. What does win mean in business? He wants to be successful. If I'm really good at what I do, but I'm disruptive to everyone else, the thing that you learn about baseball as you get older and it gets harder is that there is somebody else that can do your job. I promise you. Being good at something does not allow you, okay, does not allow you to act however you like. 99.9% of us will answer to somebody in this life. And it's probably higher than 99.9%. You may not want to answer to them. And that's an example. Don't we all have friends, grownups that struggle because, and, and in the end, if you really look at it, they've struggled because they just can't answer to somebody. They go through job after job after job. Sometimes relationship after relationship after relationship. Why? Because they don't, they can't answer to somebody. The expectations are too hard. Well, I, 
I hate to say this, but I think if you went back and looked, some of those, not, not all, but some of them probably never had any consequences for their actions. Or if they did, they didn't care. These are things we might want to teach our young people. It was very important stuff, guys. I, you know, again, this is a baseball show. Yes, we like to talk about hitting. We like to talk about pitching. We like to talk about fielding. All important to win games on the baseball field. We got to win at life, too. Don't we? I mean, I, again, I, and I'm no expert. I'm not. I, I, I'm just a guy that, that, that lost games, that, that lost at life at times, and, you know, I'm still – I'm st- I still don't win all the time. I mean, it, life's tough, man. I think the hardest lesson to teach kids because you try because in our day and it we shelter them so much is that life's really hard and you don't always win. Striving to be better is a great quality, right? But getting there at all costs is kind of a lesson that gets bent, twisted, turned to fit narrative all the time. Yes, work hard. Yes, give everything you have to be the best. Absolutely, great life lesson. Being an awful human being to do it, not acceptable. The problem is it is in some people's world. I've, li- I've heard it from people you would not believe say the things they say about what they think it takes to be successful and could care less that in the end what they're really saying is, I don't care if my kid's an asshole. As long as you, you, need, you need that to be the best sometimes. That's my favorite. <laughs> well, sooner or later, that game's going to end. <laughs> I, I don't, it's tough. It's a tough thing because, again, we're talking a you know, we're getting into a little bit of psychology, a little bit of, of, of sociology. I mean, a lot of different scenarios that make us who we are. But see, at the end of the day, isn't that really what this is all about? I'm 48 years old. Who I am today is a product of every little thing that went on in my life, starting from the time I was old enough to learn. Now, that being said, I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. We're ever evolving. But the things that are around us and the things that we are a part of every day develop who we are, right? Now, for our purpose, and again, I'm, <laughs> I'm sounding like I am. It's like, for, for my purpose... And, and, and my quote-unquote expertise is about what you do on the baseball diamond as a coach and as a youth. And I'm talking at, at a lower level, right? Building kids up through doing it the right way. And, if, and, and again, if you think for one minute that the right way is to teach them that winning above all else is the right way, I'm sorry, but you are wrong. Because when you don't hold players accountable, when you allow them a long leash because they're good, when you treat half your team differently than the other half because one half is really good and the other half is okay, and if you are to treat them the same and these kids that are really good don't play, you're going to lose, you are wrong. We can go on and on and on. Again, I applaud every volunteer out there that has decided to take of themselves and give. But it is more serious than saying, sure, I'll do it. I'm sorry. And I know that probably sounds a little like, oh, boy. But I'm sorry, but it is true. 
take a step back, ask yourself, do I have what it takes to do it right? Now, again, we're talking about a thousand different scenarios, okay? There's a big difference between a guy that coaches Little League and sees kids about 25 times than a guy that coaches a team and throughout the course of 365 days will probably spend 150 to 180 days with these kids. I think it's a big difference. And it is. Right? I mean, do teachers have an effect on your kids because they spend so much time with them? Yes, they do. You hear great stories all the time of a teacher making a huge difference in a kid's life. It's because they spend real time with them in learning situations. Coaches, you are no different. And you have to hold yourself to that standard. You have to. And if you don't want to, then don't do it. If, if, if your responsibility is a little league coach to where they're going to play 12 games and you're going to have 12 practices, and you can't go out and just be that guy for 24 times a year and let, teach them to have fun, teach them the game, teach them a little bit about life. If you can't do that, then don't do it. If you're going to go out and write a lineup and let them act however they want to act, then don't do it. And I'm talking about a little league coach. You want to talk about a travel ball coach, again, that spends so much time with these people, you have a huge responsibility. Because I promise you, if there's one thing I hear once, I hear it a thousand times. Well, he listens to you more than me. Well, why do you think that is? Because he's around you doing what he loves all the time. And he looks up to you. You have a responsibility. I promise you, I look back at some of the things that I did over time, and what hurts me the most is that I failed some kids that looked up to me. I got very lucky and was able to get better at it over time. Not perfect, but better enough at it that I feel like I made a difference. And that's the only reason I do this is because I feel like everybody should have the opportunity to get better while doing it. So anyway, just a just some things that I think about, and again, I appreciate the email. It meant a lot to me because um, something she had mentioned in the email, I guess I hadn't thought about. And again, it, I didn't want it to sound, I, I guess this is odd to say, but you, know, you often say, well, you know, you got to be stronger than that. You can't let what other kids are doing. Well, yeah, but the reality of it is they're kids. I mean, how many 10-year-old kids all stand around in the rain and go jump in a puddle and there's one kid that's strong enough not to do it. I mean, come on. <laughs> now, they might do it once. They might do it twice. But if it happens over and over and over again, eventually that kid's going to go jump in the puddle no matter what mom and dad told him. Okay? Makes sense? Anyway, Shelly, thank you. As again, you're, you're, I hope you enjoy. I know that you were sent our show by your coach, and thank you to your coach for, for being a fan of the show. For you, I hope you uh, subscribe and continue to listen as – um, I mean, your email was very much appreciated. It meant a lot to me. So thank you very much. Um, I would um, I would love, love, love to thank my man, Kurt McNabb um, from Dirtbag Baseball Nation, as he also is a part of uh, of the rope, the rope trainer. Um, they picked a great guy here to bring you the rope report each week. So let's hear what my man, Kurt McNabb, has to say. Again, I, when I think about this wonderful game of baseball and how much 
it takes mentally to play it and to be who you are as a person. I think of Kirk McNabb. So let's hear from Kirk and see what he has to say. Thanks, Jim. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Rope Report, all you dirtbags. It's been a long couple of weeks, to say the least. I hope your All-Star event went excellent for you, Jim, last week. Uh, sounds like it was a hell of an event for you, man. Good for you to put it on. I look forward to talking to you all about it. As you all know from my last Rope Report, Earl from The Rope Trainer has been in Georgia at Lake Point Sports Complex at the Perfect Game Tournaments, promoting and selling The Rope Trainer since Memorial Day weekend, and he's going to be there until the end of July. If any of you are traveling over there this summer, I encourage you to stop by and say hi to him and let him know you're a listener here on Youth Baseball Talk and The Rope Report. He would definitely love to hear from you. This week on The Rope Report, I wanted to get talking about uh, pitches specific for the next few weeks. By this time of the season, I see personally and have conversations all the time with parents who tell me their son or daughter is losing arm strength and velocity on their pitches. They also then tell me, that they're having arm pain, which I hate to hear. And we all do, I think. We go over the details, and I find out, almost 100% of the time, realistically, that they have just finished, or are just finishing up, their high school season. They've been training, ongoing, with their instructor at the same time. And they're trying out for their travel teams as well, coming up for over the uh, July and August months. Let me start by saying that I'm a true believer in throwing every day. But in this generation, we don't simply just throw every day based on how your body feels. And that's a necessity. You have to learn to throw every day, but based on how your body feels. Players are forced in this day and age, more times than not, to do every single throw or pitch at max effort, or they're not going to make that team. That's the mental part of it. They think that's the way it is. They're told, they're they're taught, they're trained, they see it, they hear it. That's what it is all the time. Well, if you truly are self-motivated enough to throw every day, that would be okay. But we know the kids don't throw every day, so when they do, they're told they need to light up that radar gun if you want that spot on the team. You would think this is common sense crazy, but I continue to see it and hear about it happening all the time. They are kids. Again, they are kids, and this is asinine. Because they're going to do what they're told to do by us, the so-called smart adults. I ask you to take a serious look at yourself, your child, or that pitcher on your team and ask yourself this question. Are they physically, mentally, and emotionally able to throw a pitch as fast as they can or we want them to successfully in order to get hitters out routinely? Again, are they physically, mentally, and emotionally able to do that? If you can't answer yes to all three components, then it's like you're trying to force your body to, one, repeat mechanics that are harmful to you. If you think your mechanics are okay, think again. Two, throw more than your body has the strength to handle. And three, throw more pitches than your body has endurance to throw. Again, I'll repeat them again because this is important and you need to be listening. When you're repeating mechanics that are harmful to you, what's going to happen? Arm injury. Arm fatigue first, then soreness, then injury. You think that you can just get up there on a mound and throw it as hard as you can. So you're throwing 
trying to throw more than your body has the strength to handle. Three, you're ending up throwing way more pitches than your body has the endurance to throw. See it all the time, and it's a recipe for disaster. But coaches don't understand it. we got to get this fixed. We have to get this fixed. Parents, take control of this. you got to take control of this yourselves. I get that the potential one in a million signing bonus for a pitcher will only be there if you can throw in the 90s consistently. Again, we see it, we hear it, it becomes the real thing in our mind. But what I said previously is why pitchers at all levels, levels get injured. They're trying to throw way harder than their body is capable of throwing, than they understand how to throw, than they put the work ethic in. All these pieces are missing. So it's insane. It is insane. They also never reach their ultimate goal because they have also never learned how to get hitters out. It's not about just getting up on the hill, rearing back and throwing 90 plus. Again, I've said it all the time. I'm going to continue to say it. That's why you see all kinds of pitchers, even double A, triple A, throwing in the 90s. They'll never, ever step on a major league mound because at the end of the day, they never learn how to get the hitters out. That's why they never get there. They have a good game. They have bad games. They have good years. They have bad years. They can never sustain stability and and their competition, their compete level, their emotional level is up and down like yo-yos all the time. You, your child, or the pitcher you coach can get trained and educated on why connecting all three of these components is the only way you have a real shot at becoming an ace mindset pitcher. When we connect all three with our pitching clients, they not only are able to tip the scales on the radar gun reading, but also be in total control of every pitch mechanically, mentally, while being in complete control of their emotions. Therefore, they're going to gain that ultimate self-confidence that's needed. True self-confidence that's going to be sustainable. Just to let you know, we also run these exact same programs for our catchers and hitters as well. We have to go through that in order in the development of these players. We have to. If you're looking for help or wondering what the tipping point is that's holding you back, then you can call me, 226-821-2402. 226-821-2402. You can email me at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook or Instagram at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Again, you can find us at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Let's stop fooling around with the quick fixes and turn you into a real ace mindset pitcher. I thank you all for listening. And we look forward to your emails and social media comments all week, every week. So keep them coming. Until next week, Dirtbags, I'm Kirk McNabb. And I wish you all good luck with your games and practices. So get up. Get after it, and let's get dirty. Great stuff as always, and again, you can't have enough people like Kirk McNabb involved in this wonderful game of baseball, especially when you're talking about working with kids. So, Kirk, thank you so much for bringing us the Rope Report this week. Uh, I say it all the time. Earl 
uh, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, John Smoltz, they couldn't have picked a better guy to help promote the rope trainer through what you're doing. Uh, Again, you're just, I I just love what you're doing. Keep it up, my man. That's Dirtbag Baseball Nation's Kurt McNabb bringing you the rope report each and every week. All right, time now to go to my good friends, Phil Chow, and of course, Dirk Dombrowski, as they bring you the precisionimpact.ca training tip of the week. Don't forget, my friends, at precisionimpact.ca. Check out their wonderful training aids when it comes to uh, the game of baseball. Uh, They're very streamlined, automated business. Um, They outsource all their warehousing and shipping to a third-party logistics company. See, that allows them to keep the cost down to you. Uh, you know, they don't have to warehouse as much stuff. They, they take care of it that way. It also allows them to focus more on the products themselves. Uh, 2018, they're going to build a community through Facebook and YouTube channels. Uh, you can go direct through, through them when you want to talk about this game of baseball. Uh, volume discounts is something that they're happy to do, especially if you're a school or a college. All the new training facilities going up when you need products, precisionimpact.ca. Uh, that's where you want to be. Give them an opportunity to help you as you grow your business as well. PrecisionImpact.ca. Remember, currently offering an additional 10% if you type in Youth Baseball Talk in the promo code. Um, you know, the, the the heavy sand balls are the ones that you see at every baseball diamond. They've got those. It's a quality product. Um, you know, it's very, very competitive uh, price-wise. Make sure you check it out again. I see those everywhere. We use them. Um, when my kids were younger, it's a great tool to teach the kids to drive through the baseball. You don't have to, you know, you, you show up sometimes, there's nowhere to take BP, there's no cages, and you're thinking, man, I wish I could get my kids some swing, or we'd be chasing balls all over the place. You get these restricted flight balls that are too loose. Get these balls like this, and they hit them, and it teaches them how to drive through the baseball. So it's a tremendous product. You can find it again at precisionimpact.ca. Let's hear from Dirk Dombrowski and see what they have for us this week on the precisionimpact.ca training tip of the week. Take it away, guys. Hey everybody, welcome to Precision Impact. My name is Dirk, and on today's rundown, we're going to talk about something that happens all too often in season, which are injuries. Now, they can vary between fingers, elbows, twisted knees, rolled ankles, shoulders, you name it, the injury list can extend far. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about how to handle them from a coach's perspective and how to handle them from a player's perspective. Too many times you'll see injuries and players that deter them from wanting them even to come out no matter how small or how big they are. It's really important that you try to stay involved with the team as much as possible. Remain present. Show up to your practices. Help those players that are healthy, whether it be feeding soft toss or just catching for the coaches, shagging ground balls, getting foul ball, anything like that to remain present and solidify your spot as someone who is extremely committed to the organization and team. Too many times I'll see players step back from the team simply because they're injured and they might not be having as much fun as normal. They decide just not to show up to practice. They decide not to show up to the games or show up to the games and practices that they want to. It's important that no matter how severe the injury is, that you remain present. You show up to practice and you be a part of the team so that when you are finally fully recovered, you can reassume the position you had before, if not even a better position as a leader because for a player that is injured and can't play and they consistently show up, that person can arise a bit of as a leader. From a coaching standpoint, it's very important to remain in constant communication with your player. Talk to them about how important it is to show up so that they understand that it's not okay simply to disappear for two to three to four weeks. Also let them know about some of the things they can take part in, some of the things they can do to get better. If it's a hand injury, maybe it's swinging with a small bat. Maybe if it's their throwing hand, maybe they can still uh, field ground balls. If it's just their throwing hand, maybe they just throw. 
There are a number of things you can do no matter how the injury looks. Even if it's with your legs, there's still lots of things you can do at the very least remain present. It's important that we continue to work while we wait so that when we get that opportunity, it's there. So it's always important to prepare for an opportunity no matter what, rather than an opportunity to come and us not be prepared for it. Now, injuries are something that, you know, God forbid we don't want to happen, but all too often they occur, whether it be something like a finger. So no matter what it is, communicate to your coach. Make sure you're taking care of it and not rushing back too soon to get back back part of the squad. You know, if you and your coach are on the same page as well as with your doctor or physician or whoever it is working with you, or it's really important just to stay in communication, to let your coach know, hey coach, I won't be there today. I've got something else going on or some physio or it's really bothering me or whatever the case may be. You can't just expect to miss five, six, seven, ten practices and just come back when you're healthy and reassume that role you had. There's a good chance somebody else stepped up to assume that position that you kind of stepped away from. If you are a middle infielder or on the corners or an outfielder, you know, somebody is going to want to take your job. So it's important that you consistently show up. You're listening to what the coaches are saying. You're still getting whatever work you can do in. And that way, when you're healthy, there might be a small lull period before you reassume that position, but it's not going to be nearly as big as if you had stepped away from completely from the team and then try to reinsert yourself. Also, it has a bit of a mental aspect of things. You continuously get used to being around the ball field, the sights and the sounds, and being a part of the wins and losses, all those types of things. You're going to be very invested in your team. And those are the kind of players that coaches want. They want players that are committed to the culture, to the organization, to the way things are done. And when you step away, that's telling your coaches pretty point blank that you're not really bought in as much as somebody else. Um, I, 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 as a coach, extremely appreciate those players that are injured and can clearly not do as much as they could before, but are still showing up. They're still getting in whatever work they can do. And when they have that opportunity to reassume their role, they are standing out as a leader, which sets the precedent and the expectations for other players who happen to have any type of injury. They know that so-and-so had an injury early in the season and they showed up every practice and every game humanly possible. So then they feel the need to do so as well. And that way you won't have kids drifting in the middle of the season due to something pretty small. Even if it's a sore arm or maybe a sore back or a sore legs or anything like that, kids won't and players won't think that it's okay to simply step away from the game. At the very least, they'll communicate to you and or try and stay involved as much as humanly possible. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns regarding the video today, please leave a comment down below. Thanks. Great stuff as always. And again, we couldn't do the show without these guys. They believe in the show. They, they, you know, they sponsor the show. I believe in what they're doing. I've had numerous people want to be a part of the show, and it's just stuff that is kind of a conflict. Not what these guys are doing. They're just trying to provide quality merchandise at a quality price to assist in something that everybody's doing. So again, if you really want to help the show, I need your support with theropetrainer.com, elitebaseball.tv, and of course, precisionimpact.ca. Um, and again, everybody loves Dirk. They, you know, again, I've never gotten as many emails I got as about his, his inspirational speech. Um, people are using it. They're showing it to their kids. Again, it, it means a lot to me and, and what you guys do when you support them. It, it, it helps. So thank you so much to all of them for their belief in our show going to do it for us this week um you know one last time i just want to say that you know <laughs> i always feel like i have to say this i'm, I'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a, a a counselor some of these things are, are life things that you know i hope don't get to the point where you need those people some of this stuff while complicated is also simple be consistent 
Be firm. You're the adult in the situation. You're the coach. You're the adult. There's a reason why we're the adult and we're the coach. We're older. We've lived through it. We've seen things. We're supposed to learn from these things. Kids have to fail to learn. They're going to do this. They are going to make this mistake. It's how you handle it that will shape who they are and who they become. I believe that. Thanks for listening to the show this week. Again, one more time, check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Uh, you know, shop through Amazon there, subscribe to the podcast. Those are the things we'd ask you to do. We know you guys are listening to the old episodes. Please do. There's a lot of them that may apply to something you're dealing with today. Um, please check us out on social media at podcast baseball on Twitter. Find us on Facebook by typing in youth baseball talk, like our page, invite your friends to like it. We'd like as many people involved in these conversations as possible. Also, you can find us on Instagram, youth baseball talk. Happy to have you a part of the show there as well. And again, one last time lineupmedia.fm. Find us through there as well. They got a great radio station, Yo Radio. It's absolutely free. Download it from the App Store. Again, you'll see the baseball channel that'll be rolling out here soon. We're happy to be a part of that. I mean, there's such a growing network. Thank you so much to Brian Crock, Andrew Allen for doing all the work behind the scenes. To all my fans out there, I thank you so much. See you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.